0: Thanks for rolling with us this morning. Best laid plans of mice and man, it doesn't always work. But we're here in God's house, right? We're here to worship. So thank you for joining us, whether you're here in person or online. Real quick, class of 2026, we're glad that you're here. And we hope that over the course of your career here at Southwestern Adventist University, whether it's a couple of years because you're only here to like appease uh, your parents for a little bit and then run off to where you wanna go, or here for three, four... Maybe you're trying to cram a four-year degree into five years, we'll gladly welcome you here, glad that you're part of what's going on. But we would hope that you'd seriously consider this community as your home church away from home, if I can put it that way. That you will be blessed and nourished by what goes on here and also have the opportunity to lean into the ministry that happens in this space. Elevate in particular is for young adults, by young adults. We're working feverishly right now to identify a new young adult pastor that will be your pastor while you are here. In the meantime, you just get to put up with me for at least a few more weeks. Um, But we're glad you're here and a a part of what's going on. Here's what I like to do sometimes. I do it in my class over at the university uh, and we do it in Elevate. Sometimes we do it via Slido and other times we kind of go old school. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna read off some statements And I want to know, just kind of as we're percolating today, we're getting our thinking into God's Word and thinking about where we're headed today, I just kind of want to get a read of the room and kind of get your mind around some things. So I'm going to read off some statements. If you agree with those statements, raise an open palm. Can I see everybody's open palm? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you disagree with the statement, thank you, Jonathan, you were showing it out. This is disagree with the statement, all right? And if you are anywhere in between, you just kind of, you can move it. You can like, uh, kind of here, like one finger or something. Just kind of shows that you're maybe or it depends on the situation. Is that, does that sound okay? Okay. Clears mud it covers the ground. Here we go. First one. I can sense the presence of the person sitting next to me. I can sense the presence of the person sitting next to me. Good. Okay. Majority of, now I saw somebody sitting by themselves that was like, hey, it's like we can, we can talk afterwards maybe. Here's the next one. Holy Spirit, yes, it is the Holy Spirit. I'm the kind of person who will speak up when everyone else is quiet. I'm the kind of person who will speak up when everybody else is quiet. A little bit more of a mixed bag. Those of you who will, we're like, that's me. Everybody else isn't raising their hand and I'm raising their hand. I did see one no flash up really, really quick over here in this general direction. <laughs> Here's the, the third one. I thoroughly prepare for everything I do. I thoroughly prepare for everything that I do. There's some laughs. Let me see your hands. Come on, participate. You got it. Balcony. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Okay, those of you that said no, thank you for being honest. Everybody that said yes, we're gonna be meeting in room 307 after service today. Uh, never mind. We're not gonna do that. Last two. I've felt the presence of God. I've felt the presence of God. Okay, majority of us have. Some of you aren't participating today even now, and that's okay, we'll catch you next week. Last one, similar but slightly different. I've felt the presence of God recently. I've felt the presence of God recently. Okay, good showing this morning, and I do see some no's, and that's okay. I hope and pray today as we dive into God's word that today you will be able to experience the presence of God. Today, we get to climb a mountain together, Exodus 33 and 34, get to hang out with Moses for a little bit on the top of Mount Sinai and see what the presence of God is all about. I pray, uh, or as we dive into scripture today, I invite you to bow your heads one more time for a word of prayer. God, our Father in heaven, thank you for showing up. God, I pray that you would sit down beside us, and your presence would pervade the space. God, you're welcome here, and we want to experience you. And we look forward to seeing you soon. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Exodus chapter 33, we're going to start in verse 17. I'll put it up on the screen for you. This is a New Living Translation. Whatever translation you got in front of you is A-OK. This is what we are studying out of this morning from the screens. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I've looked favorably on you, and I know you by name. We got some catching up to do. Moses has been with the children of Israel. They are in the middle of the desert because they have fled, or fleed Egypt, flown from Egypt. They didn't have a plane. Anyways, you got it. They're out in the middle of the desert. They're away from Egypt and fled. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. You guys are keeping me on my toes today. Fled. They have fled from Egypt. Got some scholars in the room. Education majors. I know. I know. They're out of Egypt. They're in the middle of the desert. Moses had been up on top of a mountain. And God had been setting up a covenant relationship with Moses and the children of Israel. While Moses is up on top of that mountain, the children of Israel said, hey, we need a God that we can worship. Aaron, why don't we put all of our gold together and you can make us a gold calf. So the gold calf was made and the children of Israel worshiping it. And Moses comes down from the mountain in the middle of that worship service. A worship service of the children of God worshiping another God. And Moses is frustrated. He's like, what what gives? We were just setting up this covenant relationship. And he takes those stone tablets, kind of Charlton Heston style, just. Some of you know who Charlton Heston was. Other of you, you'll have to Google him later. Crashes the, the stone tablets down on the ground. Covenant broken. But Moses isn't done. He's pleading on behalf of the children of Israel. He says, and, and God sets it up. He says, Moses, we can start over. I'll set you up. I'll, it's just you and me. I'll do a new line through you and we'll do away with the children of Israel. He says, not so fast. If you're blotting anybody out of the book of life, blot my name out. What a cool leader to follow, right? That's willing to fall on the sword on behalf of his people. It's a good place to be. God says, okay, I'll have mercy. I'll, I'll just... I'll just prepare the way before you. I'll send you into the promised land. Everything will be peachy, keen. Eh, Keen. And we'll go into the promised land, but my presence isn't gonna go with you. I'll pave the way before you. It'll be all right. Moses says, no, 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 not so fast. The desert with God is better than the promised land without God. So we're gonna stay right here in the desert if that means that your presence is with us. So this is where we enter the story. God says, I'll indeed do what you ask. I'll look favored on you. I've known you by name. I'll go with you into the promised land. But Moses is not done. You see, be, as, he's, as he's called on the name of God, and says, I will stay here in this desert with you, God, and go to the promised land without. His desire is for a deeper relationship with God. It's not enough for him just to, yeah, we're gonna go to the promised land and things will be cool. Thank you, God, for getting us this far. He says, no, I wanna be in a closer relationship with you, God. Exodus 33, verse 18, Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Other translations will say, show me your glory. God, if you're going to go with us, show us your glorious presence. Show us your glory. And at this moment, what is really happening is that Moses and God are having a DTR. They're defining the relationship, trying to figure out where that is. And you may have been there or you're hoping to be there this year or while you're here on campus, but there will probably come a moment, if it hasn't come to you already, that you and your significant other will have that definition of that relationship. Happened for me going between junior year and senior year of college. I'd gotten to know my uh, then friend at the time, Melissa, who's now my wife. Amen, yes, glory to be to God. And I, we, we'd, we'd been hanging out, we'd been talking, and, and my good, good friend of mine was like, bro, you need to ask her out. Like, you need, like, you need to make this efficient. I was like, ah, I don't know. you do not kind of, not in a cold feet or anything. It's just like, it makes me nervous. Like, what if she says no? Like, what have you been doing? And so we set it up. Like, he was like, oh, we'll go get flowers and you're going to, you're going to ask her out tonight. I said, okay. So we we're here on campus during the summer studying uh, field school of evangelism. For those of you that are theology majors, you know that very well. And I, I would go on walks with her. She lived in the community. And so we'd go over to her neighborhood and we, we'd, we'd go, for, go for walks. And that night I'd set up a time, hey, let's go for a walk. We'll have dinner beforehand. We'll go for a walk. And throughout the neighborhood, I'd kind of picked, okay, I, you know, kind of about this point in the walk is when I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend, right? And we got to that point and I was like, ah, the, you know, the conversation just doesn't quite fit right. Like maybe, maybe the next stop sign. Maybe the next corner, <laughs> Maybe, maybe the red house down the street. And I began to realize that if I kept putting it off, we would be running out of walk very, very soon. And I would not be leaving that evening with a girlfriend. It would just kind of be like, well, that was a nice walk and go. So we're literally back in her driveway. And I'm like, this is do or die, Michael. Like, you're donezo if this doesn't happen right here. So get to where my truck was, pull down the tailgate. And I said, would you just sit with me for a little bit? So we sat on the back of the tailgate and I'm like, I'm nervous and fidgety. And I I look at her and, and these are the words I say exactly verbatim. I say, so I was wondering if we could make this official. And I kid you not, without any expression change on her face, she looks back at me and says, so are you gonna ask? Yeah, no, it's not the fingers like she was not gonna get me off the hook then. And I said would you be my girlfriend? And she said, yes. And we've been married for six years, have a baby boy coming this fall. Like, God is good, amen? Yeah, thank you, thank you. But it's, it's that moment, for me, it was on the back of a pickup truck with the tailgate down. For Moses, it's on the top of the mountain with God. God, what, what's this relationship gonna be? If you're gonna go with us, I wanna get to know you more. Can we be in a closer relationship with one another? And God replies to Moses, Exodus 33, verse 19. Puts it this way, the Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name Yahweh before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. We've got to pause on that verse for just a moment. Moses asked for God's glory. He says, I'll show you my goodness. The glory of God is found in the goodness of God, the character of God towards his people. And we'll come to see that he's gracious and compassionate and full of mercy and abounding and unfailing love here in a moment. But when God is given the opportunity to to flex, you know, he's pumping in the gym and like, man, show me what you got. What's your max? God says, I'm gonna show you my goodness. And then he goes on to say, by the way, The people that I show compassion to, that's gonna be my decision. The people I show mercy to, that's who I choose. I'm gonna be the one that doles out mercy and compassion. And this is probably a sermon for another time, but one that we must note here in this text. Who are we to judge who deserves mercy or compassion in our lives? You've been there with those value statements, right? Like somebody's on the the side of the road or they made a bad decision or whatever it might be. And you have the opportunity to show mercy or compassion or to walk by on the other side. And God says, I'm gonna show mercy to the person I choose to have mercy. And maybe God's shown mercy to someone in your life that you have yet to recognize why they even have value or need mercy in their life. And I think that that's something that you need to take back to God. God's willing to show mercy and compassion and whom he shows mercy and compassion to, that's God's doing, that's not ours. Story continues, Exodus 33, verse 20. Talking to Moses, he's making preparations now. He says, but you may not look directly in my face for no one may see me and live. No one had seen God at that point. God, the perfect, holy God in the presence of sin would just gone. Verse 21, the Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock. Verse 22, as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Verse 23, verse 23. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. God says, here's the plan, Moses. You wanna see my goodness? I'm gonna show you my shoulder blade. I don't know how it works out. That's just how God wants to do it in this moment, but he's got a special place for Moses to come to, a place of solace, a place of protection that God can hide him in the cleft of the rock. And God can pass before him, show him his goodness, show him his back, and Moses will be in the presence of God. Question for you this morning as we're exploring this passage, where is your crevice in the rock? Where do you come away for a little bit and experience God's presence? For me, it's anywhere near a mountain. And unfortunately, living in Texas, I have to travel a great ways to find anything that qualifies as a mountain in my book. We got some hills around here, and it's good to Get if if you have a chance, get up to the top of the the library uh, here on campus, tallest point in Johnson County. You can see for miles, but it's just it's just not the same for me. That place is hidden in a mountain, maybe like Moses. I also love Rosario Beach. If anybody's been to Northwestern Washington, I know that's a special place for Jonathan. It's a, just. I set aside a little marine biology laboratory from Walla Walla University that's just in a beautiful space. Some of you have been there. Some of our spiritual life and development team was there last year for Campus Ministries Convention. Space to get away, to be hid in the cleft of the rock. And the other place for me, Now you know, this may kind of strike you as weird, but the place that I've found the most accessible to me, since mountains are not exactly in my backyard, is running. Some headphones in, some Christian lo-fi, that's what I run to, don't judge. It's me and God and my shoes hitting the pavement or the trail. And I get to talk things out. I get to yell. I get to cry. I get to whisper. And God and me get to come close. Heaven reaches down to earth. There's one footfall after the other. Where is the crevice of the rock for you? Story continues. God has preparation for Moses, Exodus 34, verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. Remember, Moses had crushed the first two. He says, All right, you're a part of this covenant deal now. You've got some work to do. Chisel out those tablets. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Verse 2 Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. You're not a mourning person. Probably should have asked that at the beginning of this service, right? Who's a mourning person? Who's not? God says, get up early in the morning. Come up to the top of Mount Sinai. In verse three, no one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near, graze near the mountain. God's presence is about to come before Moses and any person unprotected in God's presence will see an early death. And God says, you and me, Moses. Don't let anybody approach the mountain. And Moses has to take time to get into the presence of God. He has to take time of of preparation to experience that presence. Experiencing God's presence takes preparation. You can't just run into this presence of God and be like, oh, I'm here. Great. And we do it, right? Get up early in the morning. The alarm clock goes off five minutes before you're supposed to be in class. And you're like, God, help me today. And then all of a sudden your head's hitting the pillow and it's like, dear God, you've been there. I've been there. We live busy lives, right? God's presence, experiencing God's presence to the full takes preparation. It takes an attitude of the heart that you're ready. You've worked it out, God, and you are there together and you're ready to receive from God. Another way I've come to a better understanding of that is This this summer, as I've had a love-hate relationship with running, I've been trying to get into it since November of last year, and it's been kind of off and on, I found that one of the the biggest barriers to me in running was my uh, excitement about running. Because when I first started, I was like, yeah, we're going to run. And in college, I used to do a seven and a half minute mile. So let's start off at that pace. And very, very quickly, I found out that my knees and my ankles and my lungs did not agree with what we were doing. They were not wanting to be active participants in what was going on. And this summer, kind of the middle of the summer, I went for a run with a friend of mine and we started off at that pace. And he's like, man, you're running too fast. I'm like, what? Like, we're out for, like, we gotta get this done because we got He's things. You're running too fast. And he began to tell me, he's like, you know, we gotta prepare for running. Your body, when you first step outside of your house or your car to go for a run, isn't like, yes. Seven and a half minute miles sound like a good thing to do. You have to spend some time convincing your joints that it's okay to be exerting a little bit more effort than just walking. And when I came to that realization, all of a sudden running became a whole lot more fun. <laughs> and you slow it down a little bit. And yeah, it's an 11 and a half minute mile. It's a 12 minute mile. But all of a sudden running is fun. And you begin to convince your body that this is okay thing to do. And then you can run and experience that joy. And I think the same thing is is present with the presence of God. When we just come busting in and saying, God, I'm here. Give me a blessing. Let me partake of something. God will show up. Yeah, he'll be there. But how much more rich will your experience be if you take some time to prepare? I think that's why Sabbath is so important. We spend a day every week setting aside uh, just 24 hours, a set of time where you're not having to worry about anything else. You come and worship with God's people and then enjoy the good things of life. Next time you're seeking the presence of God, try a little preparation. Sit back, pray, turn down the volume, whatever it needs to be, so you can come into the presence of God peacefully prepared. Story continues, Exodus 34, verses four and five. So Moses chiseled out the two tablets. He does what God asked him to do. He does the preparation. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone, two stone tablets in his hands. Verse five. Do we have verse five? There it is. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. Moses in this moment, he's done the preparation. He's ready to enter into the presence of God and he comes with expectation. You see, experiencing God's presence takes expectation. When you came in the building this morning, did you expect to meet God? When we gather for corporate worship, when we pray from the front and in the pews, are you expecting God to show up or is it just the thing that your parents did and the community did? So it might be the thing that I should do. When we come with expectation, God will present himself. You see, I I, I think that if if we were truly praying with expectation, we would be blown away by the miracles and the power of God happening in our community. But sometimes we pray the little prayers and we're like, yeah, God, if you show up, cool. If not, like we're gonna do the thing. and like, it's gonna be all right. Moses comes boldly into God's presence and he calls out and he says, Yahweh, calls on the name of God and God shows up. Exodus 34 verses six and seven. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness Verse seven. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and the grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and the fourth generations. When God has the opportunity to describe who he is, to show his glory before Moses, that he would take it back down to the people, God chooses mercy. He chooses compassion. He says, I have a covenant faithfulness towards you that you will not find anywhere else. And as we look at this passage, in some ways, it seems like God is kind of juggling two pieces of his nature, right? Lavishing love to a thousand generations and mercy and compassion, but the guilty will be punished. The iniquity will be visited upon generation after generation. And the question that we come to is, is God merciful or is he vengeful? Does he show compassion to his people or does he bring judgment? And the answer is yes. And God is a God, a being in the universe who is of utmost integrity. You will not find another being in the universe that has more integrity than God does. And he must be true to who he is and the presence that he brings. He is a gracious and compassionate God, but he's not gonna let let you off the hook easy. And that's the beauty of God sending Jesus. God says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a covenant with you. And by the way, I'm gonna keep both ends of the covenant. When you would make a covenant in scripture, it would normally between be, it would be between a more powerful person and a less powerful person. And the less powerful person would have to uphold their end of the bargain for the more powerful person to uphold their end of the bargain. And when God comes and makes a covenant with his people, he says, I'm gonna keep both sides. And the way I'm gonna do that is I'm gonna send my son, Jesus. You don't know it yet, Moses but my presence with you here is a foreshadow of what is to come in Jesus Christ when he comes here on this earth to know the name of the Lord and the character of God is to know him as redeemer and God in this moment is able to portray to Moses he says my lavish unfailing love is to a thousand generations but the sins of the parents upon the children that will only last for 3 or 4 but the immensity Of the love of God compared to the judgment of his visitation. The only thing that Moses has left to do is to worship. Exodus 34, verse eight. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. Have you been there in a moment with God? The worship service has been amazing, or maybe it's been in your quiet place, the cleft of the rock, and you've come to the realization of who God is. And the only thing you're left out, left to do is maybe articulate the name of God, but you find yourself either physically or metaphorically on your face before God. God, you're so good. You're so amazing. That love that you lavish upon me, you're gonna forgive me? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God's presence as it takes preparation and expectation, experiencing God's presence makes adoration. When you come into the presence of God and experience who he is, all we have left to do is to fall on our face and worship. And we're gonna have the chance to do that here in just a couple moments as our praise team gets ready. Then Moses isn't gonna let God off the hook one more time. Verse, Exodus 34, verse nine. And he said, oh Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, I'm not dead yet. I'm in your presence and I'm not dead. So you must at least think something about me, right? Then please travel with us. Would you go with us into the promised land? Yes, by the way, this is a stubborn and rebellious people. Like we're not gonna forget that, but would you go with us? Please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession." God, would you, would you come close in this moment? And God replies in verse 10. Puts it this way, Exodus 34, verse 10. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that, you've never, that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of God, the awesome power I will display for you. God promises we're back in covenant relationship, Moses. And I'm gonna do some things in front of you that are just gonna be beyond your wildest expectation. Believe you me. Moses, like fantastic. He has this cool experience on the mountain. What about us today? How do we experience God's presence today? What about you and me? Well, see, here's the thing. We gotta zoom out just a little bit in scripture to catch kind of the narrative arc of what's going on. This is one moment in time. Remember back in Genesis chapter one, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters of the deep. God's presence was there even in creation. And you fast forward, Adam and Eve before the fall, God's walking with them in the cool of the afternoon in the garden. God present with his people. And he promises it to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, I will be with you, I will be your God. He promises it to Joseph. And even when the children of Israel are left on their own in Egypt, seemingly God is still with them and he raises up a leader in Moses. And then through the rest of the biblical narrative, God is approaching his people. saying, I wanna be with you. I wanna be present with you every single step of the way. And we see that in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. Ezekiel 36, 27 on the screen for you. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God says, I'm gonna give you the power to obey me. Yeah, there's. it's gonna be hard for you to do what I've asked you to do, but my spirit, my presence will be with you. And by the way, Exodus 34 is a, is a whole setup for God to come down and build the tabernacle with, in the midst of the children of Israel, the representation of God's presence with his people. And you fast forward to John chapter one, verse 14. Put that up on the screen for you, John 1:14. And the word became human and made his home among us. The word became flesh. And he was full of what? Unfailing love and faithfulness. John's borrowing that language from Exodus 34. The unfailing love of God, the faithfulness of God. And by the way, we've seen his glory. Moses asked for it and we've seen it in Jesus. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. And Jesus isn't just gonna leave it there. He's not just gonna come once and done. He promises in John chapter 16, verse 7. Next one on the screen for you, John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. That's the spirit. That's the comforter. That's the advocate. Jesus says, it's better off that I leave so that my spirit can be present with you. And I love how Ellen White puts it in the book, Steps to Christ. She says, through the spirit, Christ was to abide continually in the hearts of his children. Their union with him was closer than when he was personally with them. We didn't get to experience Jesus while he walked on this earth and we sure weren't on Mount Sinai. If you were, let's talk afterwards, but I don't think you were. But today, our union with God is closer than when he was personally with us because his spirit is in our So how do we experience the presence of God? How do we do that as a community? Romans 5, verse 5, Paul puts it this way, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We have the promise, the Holy Spirit with us, the presence of God. So what do we do? How do we approach God? It's a call to our spiritual office wherever that might be. It might be at your literal office. It might be in between getting out of your car to head into work. It might be in the wee early hours of the morning before the kids wake up. It might be late at night by the time they've already gone to bed. It could be in between your classes when you've got a break in the middle of the day. Wherever that space is, this is a call to lean in, to come with preparation, to come with expectation that God is going to show up in your life. It's a call to silence and solitude, seeking to turn down the loudness of the world around us, not so that the volume of God increases, but by decreasing everything else, we're able to hear clearly the voice of God. It's expectantly preparing for the presence of God in our lives. A.W. Tozer puts it this way, we are called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. The rest of your life, Preoccupied with seeking God, and he promises that his presence will be here with us. So, it's my prayer for our community as we journey this year that we may experience the presence of God like Moses did on that mountain. That we would draw near to God with a preparation and an expectation that our community has never seen before. And that the presence of God would pervade our lives both individually and collectively. That God's presence would be here. Today, as you go, may you experience the presence of God.